from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies, this is Pardes from Jerusalem. I'm Larry Kluger, Pardes alum. This week, Balak. This week, Rabbi Dr. Mish Hammerkasoy discusses Balak. Rabbi Hammerkasoy has prepared a handout for this podcast. You're invited to visit elmod.pardes.org to download it and use it along with the podcast. Rabbi Dr. Mishk Hammer Kasoy is a member of the Pardes faculty. And now, Rabbi Mish Hammer Kasoy. Thank you, Larry. This week's Parsha is actually the third in a series. A series of magifot, of plagues. In the spies, uh, in the first episode, we had the spies. In that case, just the ten, sp- the ten wicked spies were killed by a plague, Magefa. But last week in Parshat Korach, fourteen thousand people were struck down in a in a in a Magefa, a plague. And in this week's Parsha, we have a third plague, um, which kills twenty four thousand Israelites, and and is put to an end at the end of this week's Parsha. And you might have gotten the impression, actually, that plagues are an everyday occurrence in the Bible. But in actuality, it's really not the case. These are the plagues that we have. And it got me to thinking for the first time this year with the glasses that we're wearing right now that perhaps these were waves of uh, episodes in an ongoing struggle that they were having at this time in the desert. Um, But it's in this week's Parsha that we're able to put the Magefa to rest. And therefore, it seems worthwhile to take a look at what is done in order to bring this Magefa, this terrible plague, to an end. I'll start by reading you a little bit. While Israel was staying at Shittim, the people profaned themselves by whoring with the Moabite women, who invited the people to sacrifices for their god. The people partook of them and worshipped that god, and thus Israel attached itself to Baal Peor, and the Lord was incensed with Israel. Now, Obviously, God does not get angry. The Lord was incensed with Israel. What does that mean? God doesn't get angry. Anger is the one emotion that the Rambam says one should never experience. And so the Emek Devar suggests, not that he was angry, that he acted as though God acted as though God was angry, just as a parent who's disciplining their child will strike the fear of God into them, um, doing actions that reflect anger. But in their heart, the parent will always be in control. And so too, God was always in control. But the anger manifested itself in the context of a terrible plague, uh, as becomes clear in the immediately following verses, which killed 24,000 people. And the fact that this plague was really an important 
memory for B'nai Yisrael in the desert uh, is alluded to, actually, when in, the, in Psalm 106, where the history of Israel is given, and there in, it, it makes a direct allusion to this week's Parsha, uh, and you can see it on your source sheet that I've prepared for you, which is attached to this podcast. Uh, they attached themselves to Baal Peor, ate sacrifices offered to the dead. They provoked anger by their deeds, and a plague broke out among them. Pincha stepped forth and intervened, and the plague ceased. So the Psalms tells it as though it happened in a jiffy, but it's actually a very confusing part, passage in the Torah. Um, and it's often very much brushed over by people, and I think it's worth reading this Parsha closely so that we can come to understand exactly what was the process that B'nai Israel went through themselves as they were trying to think about um, how to put an end to a plague. Because there, when the plague is taking place, the Lord says to Moshe, Take all the ringleaders and have them publicly impaled before the Lord so that the Lord's wrath may turn away from Israel. Solution number one is proposed. Immediately, rather than, than um, to implement that solution, we have solution number two. Moses says to the Israel to Israel's officials, each of you slay those of his men who attach themselves to Baal Peor. And uh, uh, then there's this slight interruption. Just then, one of the Israelites came and brought a Midianite woman over to his companions in the sight of Moses and all the whole and of the whole Israelite community who were weeping at the entrance of the tent of, me of meeting. So there seems to be another reaction in addition to the hanging, in addition to the courts. There's a third this, a third reaction, weeping at the entrance of the tent of meeting. But at that exact moment, when Pinchas, the son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, saw this, he left the assembly and taking a spear in his hand, he followed the Israelite into the chamber and stabbed both of them, the Israelite and the woman, through the belly. And then the plague against the Israelites was checked. So when you read this, these lines more closely, you see that there actually is not just Pinchas getting involved, but actually failed attempts to try to wipe out this plague. First, the direction of God, Hukautam Neged Hashamish, that they that they that you should take the Rosheh. Um, the heads of the people and hang them before the sun. That's solution number one, um, which itself is actually a very difficult solution. Um, 
So much so that the Gemara, the Talmud asks the simple reading, right, is take the ring, take the uh, um, heads of the people and bring them and hang them. The Lord said to Moses, take all the chiefs of the people also on your source sheet and hang them to the Lord facing the sun. that The fierce anger of the Lord may turn away. The Gemara asks, if the nation transgressed, in what manner did the chiefs of the people transgress? Why? How could these people be the ones that are being directed to be hung? What on earth have they possibly done? Now, the Midrash actually entertains the possibility. The Gemara will go on to reject that possibility. But the, but the Midrash is actually happy to entertain it, also on your source sheet. That um, the, the Rav Yehuda says, he hanged the heads of the people because they had not protested about the people, right? They hadn't done anything. The leaders of our people are responsible for our conduct. And if they are not leading us well, then they are the ones who deserve to endure the punishment. And says Rav Yehuda, that's why God said, hang those people directly. Um, alternatively, we might understand that um, that perhaps God is not angry at them specifically, but in the same way, he told Mo God told Moshe and Aaron to get out of the way um, when the plague was coming in last in Parshat Korach. So too, as the Mechilta says, once a plague is running rampant, it doesn't distinguish between the guilty and the innocent. Everyone is vulnerable in those times, and so perhaps God specifically wanted um, the the Roshe Am, the heads of the people to be killed. Although many commentators actually understand it differently. For like the Ketav and the, the Ketav HaKabalah, Evan Ezra, Rabbeinu Bahai, many of the commentators suggest that the, that we shouldn't translate the Roshe Ha'am, chiefs of the people, to mean the leaders of the Jewish people, but rather we should understand it to mean the ringleaders, the people who are guilty. No matter how we understand the God's commandment to hang the ringleaders or the heads of the tribe at that moment, what's clear is that Moshe did not have the stomach to do it. He does not implement God's command. Rather, he responds differently in a more cautious way. He says, um, he says, I'm sorry, uh, that uh, he ta uh, the Moshe said to the Israelite officials, each of you slay those of the men and attach themselves to Baal He says to the judges, he turns to Shofte Israel and says to them, let's set up some courts. And that doesn't have a chance to happen either before in um in walks Pinchas and takes action. He sees what's going on and he jumps in and he kills um, the man and the woman who we will come to know a few verses later are Zimri ben Salu of the tribe of Shimon and Cosby uh, uh, be, uh, Batsur, the Midianite um, and the and has them killed in the action 
and we we go crazy. We can't figure out what's going on. Why? Where's the on, under what authority? Where's the arrest? Where's the warning? Where's the trial? Civil rights, my friends. How is this different than just a regular murder? And yet God embraces it, and the plague stops. This seems so crazy. And yet God endorses it as a solution, and then it becomes canonized in the Mishnah. Um, also on your source sheet, uh, a priest, uh, one who uh, one who sleeps with an Aramean woman, zealots may attack him. In the f- in the face of a pandemic, civil rights are curtailed, and we've got to do what the moments need. And yet. In the, even in the face of Pinchas's tremendous success and his endorsement by God, we see that Moshe Rabbeinu is clearly resisting. Um, it's written, uh, the, the Gemara asks, um, Pinchas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw it. What did he see? Rav said, he saw what was happening and he remembered the halacha. And he said to him, oh, great uncle, turning to Moshe Rabbeinu, didn't you teach us um, when you came down from Sinai that the one who cohabits with a heathen woman is punished by zealots? He replied, Moshe Rabbeinu replies, he who reads the letter, let him be the agent to carry out its instructions. Um, Shmuel says, um, Pinchas saw that there is no wisdom nor chokhmah against the Lord. Whenever there's chilul Hashem, divine name being profaned, honor must not be paid to one's teacher. That is to say, or Rabbi, he saw Pinchas is critiquing Moshe. He sees there's a certain power vacuum which has been created. And even Ezra adds that even there's crying. And that crying uh, that the people are doing is this sort of a reflection of of paralysis and an inability to do anything, which is a further condemnation, perhaps, of Moshe and his inability to act in the ways that are necessary um, from this emergency. So it's possible that there's a critique of Moshe here, but it's also possible that Moshe and Pinchas actually have two different ideological approaches. That Moshe represents the rule of law, which is slow and plodding and inefficient, but institutional. And Pinchas sees the needs of the moment and acts on it immediately. The rabbis seem to share Moshe's ambivalence. The Gemara, just as the Gemara said, how could you hang them in front of the sun? Couldn't possibly read the Torah, um, the Torah's suggestion that you hang the heads of the people um, and tries to reinterpret it. So too, the rabbis um, greatly restricted this law of what's called kanaim pogimbo, that someone who's sleeping with a, uh, a um, heathen woman is a able to be punished by zealots um the both the bavli and the and the yerushalmi greatly restrict but the yerushalmi suggests that they wanted to put pinchas under the ban they thought that what he did was such a terrible thing um 
he should be punished for that behavior. The Buffley suggests that had he not, uh, uh, that had he stopped for a second to confer, he wouldn't have been able to do it. Had he, um, had, had Zimri turned around and defended himself and killed Pinchas, Pin Zimri would have been justified in having done so. The, uh, it, the Breita says this was against the will of the sages. It was not the right thing to do, says, um, says the Gemara. It works, but it creates a crisis. Um, and that helps me to, as I read this right now, under the threat of our own personal plague, I can sort of have an understanding of what exactly is going on because what gives us the most strength in normal times can be our, is our worst enemy right now. Whereas we normally come together and strengthen one another when there's no plague, there's a need to, um, um, now we need to, people become the enemy. And that's exactly what happened with Pinchas. Pinchas, normally our democratic institutions are what we need the most. We need, um, we need the protection of law to make sure that uh, people aren't tried without jury, that civil rights are protected, that um, there's not police brutality. And yet, in this moment of the plague, Pinchas did what was necessary. He needed the flexibility and he grabbed that flexibility uh, in order to stop the plague. Now, he was able to stop the plague, but I think that what would what Moshe feared is a very, very reasonable concern that after the plague, how will we know how to behave? If we each of us turn, decide to be a zealot when the moment strikes us, when we see a need, how will our civil rights be protected? How will we have good government in general? And so the needs that Moshe represents is our long-term needs, the needs of our stability. And Pinchas is representing the needs, the short-term needs, the need for that moment. Um, and we... Um, there's tremendous danger in excessive police power, in cell phone tracking, in entering homes, in restricting our freedom of movement. Even in our regular life, Zoom seders, Shabbos morning without going to shul, of not going to protests or restricting our participation um, in protests or keeping your kids home from school. I kept my kids home from school. How can you imagine doing such a thing in a regular day? What kind of a message is that to send to our children? And yet sometimes those things are necessary. In times like this, we need to, there's... Um, Sometimes we have to act against what would seem to be uh, the regular, um, the regular good governance. This is so so dangerous, and our and our rabbis are, have tried to share a little bit of wisdom. Rashi set three conditions: one, you have to have pure motivations; two, it has to be spontaneous. You have to know at that moment. You can't be considering it afterwards. And three, you have to be totally totally above reproach. You have to be really, really kosher 
in all of your actions. The Chafetz Chaim says similarly that if you decided to do something as a zealot, to go beyond the letter of the law for that, for that moment, you had better be careful that you're going to be able to hold yourself to an incredibly high standard for the rest of your life as in order to be able to demonstrate that you are a true zealot. Um, and these are things that are essentially impossible to do, as we've seen in other current events. Um, and this, it's, um, it's so very difficult um, to be able to know how to balance. And therefore, we have this, um, we have the rabbis set out these two models, Pinchas, where the Torah sets out this model, and the rabbis further develop between the tension between Pinchas, who's working for the needs of the moment, and Moshe, who has a look about what we're going to need for the long term, even though it might perhaps be not what we're able, um, not meet our, our immediate need or be expedient at this moment of extreme need. Um, I found myself uh, reflecting on what are we supposed to do with this now that we find ourselves here we are in the face of police violence and also in the face of plagues and trying to figure out as we're caught between the tension of these uh, these two needs what is the right way to proceed? How do we protect ourselves from overzealous governments who will restrict, um, who will restrict our needs? It's easy to understand what, to imagine. It doesn't take so much imagination to wonder what it would be like once the government has the ability to trace, um, everywhere we go and everywhere we talk to with our, um, using our using our telephones as they've uh, give, been given permission to do it in Israel, how those things could easily be used um, in other times against the weakest members of our population. Um, and, and this is a time of great, of great fear and trepidation as we try to balance uh, between these needs. I found myself returning to another Gemara um, about Pinchas, that Pinchas, because Pinchas first, he acted and he, um, with zealousness and killed um, Zimri and Cosby. But then after he killed them, he stood up, that going back to that verse in Psalms, Pinchas stood up, the Yifalel, he, um, and play, and, and the plague was stayed. What does it mean, the Yifalel? He was, did he pray or did he execute judgment? Rabbi Lazar says he prayed, Vayit Palel. It doesn't say that. Rather, it says he executed judgment, um, which teaches that the, that Pinchas took it up the matter with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, um, and said, he cast Zimri and Kozbi down before God, and he said to and he said to God, "Ribono Shelolam, Master of the Universe, was because of these sinners that twenty four thousand members of the Jewish people were killed." God, I don't understand how you could do such a thing. Don't you love the Jewish people so much? Pinchas loved the Jewish people so much, and it was was motivated by this pure, not out of anger, but out of pure love for the Jewish people and concern and desire um, to stop 
to, to stop this plague and to take that up, not just with Cosby and Zimri, but also with God, God's self. Uh, and what I pray for us is that we too should be able to act from that same place of love and devotion and and zealously l'shem shamayim with a deep, deep understanding of what the needs are, and that most, and and most importantly, um, that we should also be able to afterwards um, be careful to restore our civil liberties and our protections um, if we need to compromise them during this difficult time of this plague, just as it was in previous plagues. Uh, Thank you very much, and Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Rabbi Hammer Kasoy. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode of Pradesh from Jerusalem. Mm-hmm.